God, I don't know how to start. Uh, well, do you just want to open up a document on Google Drive Probably, so we can? <laughs> yeah. Let me do that. Let me just do that real quick. I was like, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the College Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 movement, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. I'm Holly Powell. I'm a layperson, and I'm a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan-Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. Holly! Brendan! <laughs> I feel like we have a big time retraction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. But but first, why don't we just acknowledge that we are proclaiming resurrection by coming back from the dead? I mean, listen, <laughs> we were in the grave for a few more than three days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit more. I distinctly remember us taking a quote-unquote Halloween break. <laughs> yes, and here we are, and it's um, Advent 4, four is upon us. <laughs> Well, you know, we're going to talk about that, but yeah, I guess we can talk about it now. Yeah, we might as well talk about it now. So, so first of all, we're sorry, faithful listeners. We are very sorry. And I'm actually, I, I, I also owe you an apology, Holly, because we actually have like an episode that is in the can for like proper, I don't know, 20 or something. And uh, really? it's, yeah, it's just lost footage now. Okay, uh, cool. Because... Anyway, things went all to hell. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. Like, it was like this series of unfortunate events in which Brendan got sick. And then, well, first Brendan was in Asia. And then he came back with, like, the avian flu or whatever. And then I was out of town for two weeks. And then it just got really easy to not make the time to record. Yeah. it's It's like when I've, like, been in the habit of running before. Yes! And, you know, everything's going fine, and then you skip a day, and then you skip another day, and then you skip another day. And you're like, I'll pick it up next week. Yes, and then you're like, oh, well, sorry, oh, oh, crap. Like, (laughs) we're, you know, well, next week, though, and then all of a sudden it's like six weeks later, and you haven't done a damn thing. Yeah. But there's also another piece of this, which, Brendan, you and I have been kind of talking about back and forth a little bit but we haven't talked about on the podcast which is that a little bit i feel like we've said everything there is to say about the colics that we're talking about yeah i kind of think we might have talked about the colics more than any two people have ever talked about colics i in, mean like, hatchet be damned i think you might be right yeah i i'm so yeah I, i'm sure he wrote about them for longer <laughs> than we've ever written about them and probably read about them more, but did he talk about them this much? That's a that's a good point. I'm not sure. And so, what? This is two years worth of podcasts that average about thirty minutes a piece, give or take. So that's we're on like 140 episodes. So that is 70 hours of talking about collects. That's three full days. Wow. Yeah. Now, granted, like we spend like 15 or 20% of that time talking about cats in Brittany, but you know. Of course, yes. Well, you know, still even 80% is a lot. Yeah, so we're kind of, um, 
we're doing something Episcopalians are really bad at, which is we're just being extemporaneous right now and trying to figure <laughs> out what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, we're being very extemporaneous. The next two episodes will be a good test of whether we can do this or not. One of the things I think, too, is that we really want to know from you all what you value about our podcast. Like, if us talking about the collects is as boring to you all as it can sometimes be to us, <laughs> then we're going to change it up a little bit. <laughs> but if that is still super valuable to people, then I think we need to know that so that we can, you know, keep doing that in a way that feels fresh to both of us, too. Yeah, but just to sort of... Uh give you a sense of where we think we're going. There's this little committee in the Episcopal Church that nobody pays attention to called the Standing Commission on Liturgy and Music. Right. And they might have kind of dropped a bomb recently. Yeah. Just a little bit of one. And so we just thought we would kind of expand our subject matter area to the entire Book of Common Prayer. Because... We don't know how much longer we got it. Uh, right. Well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we have been focusing on 20 pages of the prayer book, and the prayer book is like a thousand pages long. That's so true. there might be some other stuff in there. It could be. I mean, I don't know. But it seems reasonable. It's like the vast expanse of interstellar space, Holly. <laughs> it truly is. Do we have to change the name, though? Because I don't want to. No. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty lazy as it is, so that just seems like a bridge too far. Yeah. But listeners, we are not going to go cold turkey on the collects. No, we're not. And we're also really sorry for just, like, dropping out of your feeds for seven weeks without saying anything in advance. It just really was, like, this convergence of cosmic weirdness. Yeah, but, you know, I think our listeners are super cool. We got a number of really nice responses to uh, your little post-election uh, recording, Holly. That's true. The, that was so nice. With the collect love hashtag. Yes. And we got a lot of, also, we got some emails and comments from folks who were like, hey, we haven't heard from you guys in a couple weeks. Is everything okay? Which was super, super nice. Yeah, and we did not lose faith with one of our listeners, Marlena Maynard, who participated with us on a project that we will reveal next week. Participated with you on a project. Okay, well, I was yeah. out! <laughs> <laughs> well, I sent you an email, and I did not hear a word back. You know why. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, we'll talk about that next week. Yeah. But um, in the meantime, should we talk about some things? Let's talk about some things. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. <laughs> I, I have missed your face, Brendan. I've missed you, too. I'm, and it, it's, been, it's been a long time. It's been lonely. Mm, Anything like, exciting happening with you in the meantime? Uh, not really. It's a bunch of stressy stuff at work. Yeah. Yeah, but... We did do some guest appearances. We did. We were on Two Feminists Annotate the Bible, talking about Leviticus, everybody's favorite book. Yes, and it was super fun, and I got the distinction, which I'm pretty sure I'm the only one, of having <laughs> been uh, censored from two podcasts, <laughs> this one and Two Fab. I just completely have no control of my tongue, and I'm sorry. And we were also on an episode of Priest Pulse, where you failed to drop any expletives. So, I know, I'm really bummed about it. Yeah. Uh, and that episode is yet to drop at the time that we're recording this, but hopefully uh, we'll, we'll be out there soon. 
They're expecting it no later than December 19th, so look for it. Awesome. So, Advent, huh? Yep, here we are. It is just past Advent 3. One of the things I was thinking we could talk about is just looking at the Advent collects in general for a second, third, fourth Sunday. What do you like? What do you not like? What feels cool and what feels like kind of bizarre? Um, so I think probably the thing that I like the most is that if you read the four Advent collects in, in sequence, just kind of going down uh, pages 211 and 212 of your Book of Common Prayer, mm-hmm. there is kind of a narrative thread running through them in terms of just what the liturgical experience uh, of Advent uh, is like. Uh, so that uh, first collect starts off with casting away the works of darkness and putting on the armor of light. So just sort mm-hmm. of giving us a setting uh, for the overall season. And then the second one uh, is sort of a reference to John the Baptist. Uh, so kind of placing us with where we are uh, in the lectionary. Uh, the third one is sort of about our own repentance. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one uh, is really kind of about the hope of Jesus coming. I think that works really well. I did talk about this, I believe, in the Priest Pulse episode, but I'll talk about it again here. I just love the imagery of that Advent wine collect about putting on the armor of light and how that says so much about both, you know, there's this light and dark metaphor, but there's also this light isn't all just like hugs and rainbows. I mean, there's armor involved. Like, fighting for the good is a struggle. And I think that resonates especially with me today in our current political environment. Yeah, you know, the the other thing I've just been thinking about with Advent in general this year is I've never been all that into the second coming. Um <laughs> I'm kind of into it now. <laughs> You're kind of feeling it. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's totally true. I mean, I was I was telling a friend today, actually, that I was... I sat down the other day. Don't ask me why I did this. I mean, I must have been, like, off my meds or something. But, but I decided to, like, actually think through the things I've been reading and, like, what that means. So, okay. Um, The inauguration happens in January, and then we're, like, in bed with Russia, and then there's a war, and then how many of my friends are going to have to sign their sons up for selective service, and how many of my friends are going to have to sign up for selective service, and what's the age limit on that? Should I look that up? You know, and I was just going through this whole, like, what's it like to be living in wartime kind of motif which was really really awful and dark and scary and then i just decided to drink some wine and go to bed (laughs) (laughs) but you know i i thought through all that like thank god that i have this well thank god literally that i have faith beyond this reality because it seems so dark otherwise i'm not sure i could get through it i mean uh, hashtag bummer alert yeah (laughs) sorry holly i don't know you know i hear you say this now and um it's helping me make sense of some of the things we've seen in the collects that faith itself is a gift from god uh and i know that 
I'm feeling that. That's so real. That is so real. It really is. And, I mean, stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. Great might. Yeah. Like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Do that. Um, even if that sounds scary too, like I prefer it to the alternative. Right. So, and then in Advent four, the college in Advent four, it talks about God's daily visitation with us, and that to me, it's kind of like hilariously, I don't know, like like the mailman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Like, you know he's going to come, you're not sure what time, but every day, by God, by the end of the day, when I get home from work, there's going to be mail in my mailbox. <laughs> that That is absolutely true. Although, these days, <laughs> you know, um, my dad, since he doesn't live in the States right now, he has all of his mail sent here. Mm-hmm. So, I get all the mail that is directed at retired people. Oh, cool. Yeah. Retired people get a lot of mail. I bet they do. Yeah. Mm. Because they don't get as many pop-up ads on the interwebs. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's a series of tubes. Yeah. But I, I guess, I don't know. So so going to this idea of Jesus coming, whether as the daily visitation like the mailman or kind of in great power and might. And one of the things I have to caution myself against in sort of this this hope for divine intervention um, in the present circumstances, that when we're asking, when we're talking about the second coming, um, we need to be careful about not asking for Jesus to come and fix everything. Yes. Uh, because uh, we also have to remember that Jesus is coming to be our judge. Um, and as Mother Suzanne Willie, the rector of my parish, is fond of saying, uh, you know, Jesus will judge us, but he judges us as one who loves us, but he's still going to judge us. Mm-hmm. And So, you know, you go back to this theme of the armor of light and us being part of battling for the good. And I think about us calling for for Jesus, our judge. Um, And it's, I don't know, it's important to kind of stiffen my spine for that, to actually do whatever it is I have to do in whatever the hell is coming in front of us. It's a real struggle to not say, well, Jesus is going to come, so I don't need to work on it. Right, right. Like, you know, racism and and sexism and all the isms that have been kind of drawn in stark relief over the past two months um, are, are huge problems, and they're too big for me to solve, and so I can just pray, and it is okay. Like, I don't think that's okay. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't mean that I know what is, <laughs> but I feel like that's not enough. So let me ask you a question. Advent Forest Collect says that we're, we're praying that when Jesus comes, he will find inside of each of us a mansion prepared for him. Do you think there's a mansion for Jesus inside you, Brendan? Um, I... <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I feel, too. Like, maybe a 
pretty nice studio apartment. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm kind of there on that. You know, what is it that causes our mansion to be prepared? It's the purification of our conscience in this collect. By God's daily visitation, when yeah. He brings the mail. That, right. That. That purification of consciences. I don't have that. <laughs> like, if I'm praying that this coming Sunday, as of the time of this recording, like, I feel like I gotta know what that means, and I'm not sure I know what that means. You know, I think this issue of dailiness is important. So if I think about some of how we think about our liturgy, whether we're thinking about praying the offices or showing up at worship on Sundays or things like that, those are pieces of how we conform our life and our minds to Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as you say, it is not enough to pray or to worship in the, the current world or even the world before the current world. I, we, we, I, I've been complacent before. Um, I just don't have really any excuse to do so now. I, I, I can't remember who's said this, but somebody has. But it's this concept of you are what you repeatedly do. Mm-hmm. And so if we hang on that word daily in terms of finding ways to repeatedly encounter Christ, I'm having trouble ending this sentence, but I don't know. You don't need to end it. I totally get it. Yeah. <laughs> I totally get it. So speaking of Advent for Brendan. Yeah. Did you have a chance to take a look at the lectionary for this coming week by chance? I did. What do you think that you would preach about this Sunday? I would have a really hard time, like, not preaching about Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, it's like hashtag spoiler alert up in this piece. (laughs) Yeah. No, so, for those listeners who have not yet looked at uh, the lectionary this week, the gospel is Matthew's birth narrative. Yeah, like, and it's, you know, it, it all takes place really fast in Matthew. You know, it's not the long, like, beautiful, flowery language about Mary being visited. It's just like, oh, she was found to be with child, and Joseph was going to dismiss her quietly right like like peace out but i don't want to like screw up your future so we'll just call this off but just when he had made that decision an angel came to him of course in this in matthew's narrative it all happens to the dudes and nothing to the women um but an angel comes to joseph and says like yo man your wife is knocked up by the holy spirit and it's all good. And so he wakes up and is like, yeah, let's get married. No worries about your pregnancy. And then, like, the last verse is, he took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. And there it is. It's Christmas. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it all, like, happens in the course of, what, seven verses in Matthew? Yep. And there it is. No, so I, I think this is going to be a tough Sunday for preachers just because, you know, what exactly do you do with the gospel at this point and stay in Advent? So I think you kind of have to read it 
in the context of the other readings, because both the Isaiah reading and the Romans reading are about the promises that uh, that God makes and how God is faithful in keeping those promises. Uh, and so there's still an element of futureness in the reading from Isaiah and the reading from from Romans. The Matthew thing is is a little bit weird, but if we think about this and the things that we are hoping for and praying for and the promises that God has made to us, we if I were preaching on this, it would be something about what it's like to live in hope and trust. Hmm. So I think I would take it in a slightly different direction, and I think I would pull heavily from the collect and talk about the daily visitation of God and the purification of conscience and how um, how most of us, uh, in fact, I would supposed to say probably everyone in modern times has not had the kind of daily visitation that Joseph had in the gospel. Mm, no, probably uh, not. You know, but but that doesn't make our daily visitations from God any less important to the story of God's people. And so where are we missing God's daily visitations in our lives. Hmm. That sounds like a pretty good sermon, Holly. I think yours sounds pretty good, too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, I think I would probably talk about, you know, when, when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel had commanded him. Yeah. Like, how often do you wake up? I mean, the last dream I remember involved, like, living in a lake house with the ghost like how often do you do what your dreams <laughs> command you to do how often do you follow that still small voice that tells you something what did the ghost say happens? i don't i don't want to tell you <laughs> <laughs> well we'll be curious to hear what uh, our listeners preach on or hear preached on on Sunday, so uh, send us an email or tweet at us. Uh, we, we'd love to, uh, to to hear how people wrestle with this challenge. Yes, we absolutely would. So, Holly. Yes, Brendan. Do you remember how over the summer Adam Trambley gave us reviews of all of the forms of prayers of the people? I do. Well, we actually have one last one that we haven't aired yet. And so... <gasps> Here it is, Form 4. Prayers of the People Profiles, an exclusive collect call report by Adam Trambley. This episode of Prayers of the People Profiles, sponsored by Disney World's new Cathedral Verger Ride. Experience the sights, sounds, and smells of high masses being celebrated in the world's greatest worship spaces through Disney Magic's very own virtual reality system. Today, on Prayers of the People Profiles, we're going to look at Prayers of the People Form 4, found on pages 388 and 389 of the Book of Common Prayer. Here's a quick rundown of what works and what doesn't in this form, followed by our overall and sensual evaluation. What works? 
All in all, Form 4 has just about everything a good Prayers of the People form needs. The people's response is easily remembered without having to read it, and it comes after a very clear Lord in your mercy from the reader. The form has spaces for silence without asking for congregational input during them. Everything can be done simply and fairly expediently, with the congregation participating but being able to focus on praying instead of on keeping up with the prayer form. What doesn't work? A few of the prayers start to drift from asking that God act to asking God that we might act. Well, there is nothing wrong with praying for us to be good people and make a difference in the world. I would always rather ask God to intervene as God sees fit, rather than ask God to intervene as we see fit in a way that includes us having a lead role in the solution. Additionally, if congregations try to add their own lists and petitions to this form, much of the rhythm can be lost. If the prayers of the saints are bowls of incense, what kind of incense would this form be? Form 4 is floral incense, possibly rose or gardenia, that keeps us comfortable and happy as our prayers rise heavenward. Hey, thanks, Adam. That, uh, that Disney experience sounds amazing. Please say it is really a thing. It is a small world after all. You know, when I was four, uh, I went to Disney World for my first and only time. My parents took me. And I don't really have a strong memory of it. Uh, but uh, my parents do did recall me making them go on It's a Small World many, many, many times. Aww. There is Little just Brandon. one moon and a golden sun, and a smile means friendship to everyone. It's a small world after all. <laughs> Can I tell you that when I was a um, senior in college, my aunt um, asked me to come along with her on a trip to Disney with her five-year-old and 18-month-old. And she said that if I would come and help her with the kids, that she would pay my way. And I didn't have anything going on that summer. It was right before I got married, so I chose to say yes to that. I recall calling my, at the time, fiancé, current ex-husband, from Orlando on a a calling card, because we didn't have cell phones back then, and saying to him, I hope you're not really tied to that whole having kids thing because if so we might need to call off the wedding (laughs) because this has been the worst experience of my life (laughs) and i haven't been back since (laughs) i thought it was the happiest place on earth oh i actually know i i I, well the only thing i really remember about uh disney world was that um I was scared to go in Cinderella's castle because I thought that she was going to eat me. That's fair. Um, which I don't understand. Like, I knew what the story of Cinderella was, but I must have been getting my fairy, fairy tales confused somehow. Anyway. <laughs> well, what do we do to end this thing? Well, why don't we tell our listeners how to get in touch with us? Oh my god, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at 
The Collect Call, C-O-L-L-E-C-T-C-A-L-L. Or you can send us an email at thecollectcall at acts8movement.org. And Acts 8 Movement is our parent organization, and you can find them and or us on Facebook and Twitter at Acts, A-C-T-S, and then the number 8, and then Movement. Or on the web at acts8movement.org. Yes! And you can find us, you know, well, if you're listening to this, you already know where to find us. Yeah, you do. But, I mean, you can find us other places, too. Right. Our theme music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, distributed under a Creative Commons license. Find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. And believe it or not, guys, it's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> we'll be back next week for a Christmas episode. We will see you then. Let all mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly-minded For with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth descended Our full homage to